You've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast, and wherever you are in the world, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe, and I'm the Lonely Diplomat. I'm really glad that you're here for this episode of the podcast. After all, this podcast is all about helping diplomats and those who live the diplomatic life, so you reconnect with yourself and with the world around you. We're going to explore a tough topic in this episode. We're going to explore that awful kind of loneliness that we can get when we're in an abusive relationship. But as always, I want to say two things before we jump into the content of this episode. First, this episode proudly comes to you from Canberra, and I want to pay my respects to the elders of the Ngunnawal people, past, present, and emerging, and I humbly recognize them and any other people and families with connection to the lands, waters, and skies of this beautiful region. I also want to acknowledge and welcome all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, and indeed all First Nations peoples, wherever you're listening to these words in the world. Secondly, I want to acknowledge you, you, you awesome human who's pressed play on this episode. Because I know, I understand that very few people look for content on loneliness in diplomacy unless they recognize that they feel lonely while living their diplomatic life. Pressing play may have felt like a big step, and I want to say that I see it, and I really recognize and celebrate your courage. Before we get into this episode, I want to check in with you. How are you feeling? We're about to cover some really heavy content in this episode, and I want to make sure that you're in a good mental and emotional space before you listen to this further. And the content of this episode might be upsetting, and I want you to know that support is available to you if the content proves to be too much for you. And there's no shame, nor is there any judgment if you choose to press pause at any moment to reflect on what's happening within you, please be sure to reach out to a registered mental health practitioner, a coach, or other qualified professional should you feel that you need professional support. Because we're going to be exploring the kind of loneliness that you and I can feel, that humans can feel, when we're in an abusive relationship and an abusive relationship is a relationship which is characterized by one party seeking dominance over another. Now, I think it's important that we define what is and what, what's abuse. And I think, you know, for, for all its faults, the United Nations can provide some really helpful definitions. And it the United Nations, defines abuse as physical, sexual, emotional, economic, or psychological actions or threats of actions that influence another person. This includes any behaviors that frighten, intimidate, terrorize, manipulate, hurt, humiliate, blame, injure, or wound someone. Now, there's a lot in that definition, right? And let's get real. We're kidding ourselves if we believe that abuse is not happening in the diplomatic community. 
And I fear that there are many people living the diplomatic life who are in abusive relationships that sit behind the facade of outward perfection. Indeed, over the five years I've been working at The Lonely Diplomat, many of you have shared with me your experiences of abuse within your relationships, especially as an accompanying significant other. And look, I'm going to be honest. I've been surprised that I was surprised. But on reflection, I've been really like astounded by my naivete. In many instances, accompanying significant others are entirely at the mercy of their diplomat. Accompanying significant others often cannot work and are therefore entirely financially dependent on their diplomat. The social circle of an accompanying significant other can often be small and confined to others in the diplomatic community. And, well, let's be honest, it simply doesn't do to air one's relationship laundry in polite circles, right? And there's also, while we're living this diplomatic life, while we're living life, there's fear that should the relationship with the diplomat end, the accompanying significant other is cast out of the life that they'd been leading and sent home to fend for themselves. And practically speaking, accompanying significant others live in houses in which, under the Vienna Convention, local law enforcement cannot enter without the head of mission's permission. And realistically, that permission will rarely be granted, lest it cause embarrassment, and will almost never be granted if the abuse is reported in the head of mission's official residence in their home. And it's not just accompanying significant others who live and work in diplomatic households, is it? There's often are children there, and there can be domestic staff. Indeed, it was reported in the Sydney Morning Herald in 2018 that the Salvation Army here in Australia had revealed in a submission to a Senate committee reviewing a modern slavery bill that the Salvation Army had assisted almost a dozen domestic workers kept in slave-like conditions by foreign diplomats in their Canberra homes in the previous 11 years. So that's to 2018. And this issue of diplomatic domestic workers or domestic workers in diplomatic households was also the subject of a detailed investigation around the same time in 2018, in February 2018, by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's flagship Four Corners program. And that program revealed that at least 20 domestic workers have escaped exploitation in diplomatic residences, including having been made to work 12 to 18 hour days for a fraction of the minimum wage and being forbidden 
from leaving the premises. It's shocking, isn't it? It's shocking. And that's just in Canberra. Canberra being one city in the world in which diplomats live and work. And there are over 200 other places in the world in which diplomats and their families live and work. And I'll put a link to those articles, to those sources, in the show notes so you can check out the reporting yourself. And I want to say that, you know, the vast majority of people who live the diplomatic life are fair-minded, want to pay a fair wage and give people working in their households, well, every opportunity to support them in their way. And there is a special kind of relationship, isn't there, between the family and the workers in that household. It can be a really beautiful, enduring, lifelong, enduring relationship, can't it? I want to say that that fairness goes without saying, that the vast majority of people are, who live the diplomatic life are decent humans and want to treat other humans with the respect that they deserve and would expect others to be giving them. But we're kidding ourselves if we stop the conversation there because abuse is insidious. And it's a topic that we don't talk about because it's unseemly, isn't it? It's private and no one wants to make a fuss, do they? Abuse is shameful. And shame, we must always remember, requires two things to thrive. Silence and judgment. And abuse can be cached in words that convey the opposite intent. Abuse can be shrouded in words of love and commitment and wishes to help someone improve. And the threats that can characterize abuse can be implied and hidden in language or overt. However those messages are conveyed, the effect is the same. And if you're an accompanying significant other, I have some questions for you at this point. Does your employing agency have support that you know that you can access privately and directly? Or can you only access that support through your diplomat? Is anybody from your diplomat's employer in regular contact with you, giving you options about how you can reach out for support yourself? And if the answer to any of those questions is no, what support do you need right now? Because it is truly lonely to feel that you're helpless and trapped in a situation by your diplomat and your diplomat's employer. But it's not only accompanying family members and those who work in diplomatic households who can be in abusive relationships. Many of you diplomats who are yourselves posted have shared with me through the years that you feel trapped in an emotionally abusive work relationship 
in your workplace itself. An abusive work relationship has been defined as repeated verbal harassment, such as the use of insulting remarks, slurs, vulgarities, physical or verbal action that a reasonable person might consider threatening, frightening or embarrassing, or that there's an intentional undermining or undercutting of a person's job performance, uh, all being examples of abusive conduct. Let's explore this further. In its workplace bullying, violence, harassment and bullying fact sheet, the Australian Human Rights Commission states that workplace bullying is verbal, physical, social or psychological abuse by your employer or, or manager or by another person or group of people at work. Workplace bullying can often happen in any type of workplace, from offices to shops, cafes, restaurants, workshops, community groups, and government organisations. Workplace bullying can happen, so says the Australian Human Rights Commission, to volunteers, work experience students, interns, apprentices, casual and permanent employees. And the Australian Human Rights Commission provides a long list of what abuse and bullying in the workplace could look like. And I want to read through them to see if any of those resonate with you. So, abuse and bullying in the workplace could look like repeated hurtful remarks or attacks, or making fun of you and your work or you as a person, including your family, sex, sexuality, gender identity, race or culture, education or economic background. It could look like sexual harassment, particularly stuff like unwelcome touching and sexually explicit comments and requests that make you uncomfortable. It could look like excluding you or stopping you from working with people or taking part in activities that relate to your work. It can involve playing mind games, ganging up on you, or other types of psychological harassment. It could look like intimidation, making you feel less important and undervalued. It could look like giving you pointless tasks that have absolutely nothing to do with your job. It could look like giving you impossible jobs that can't be done in the given time or with the resources provided. It could look like deliberately changing your work hours or schedule to make it difficult for you. It could look like deliberately holding back information, withholding information. And remember, in workplaces like diplomacy, information is currency. So it could look like deliberately holding back information you need for getting your work done properly. It could be overt, like pushing, shoving, tripping, and grabbing you in the workplace. It could be even more overt where it looks like attacking or threatening with equipment, knives, guns, clubs, or any type of object that can be turned into a weapon. And it can look like initiation or hazing, where you're made to do humiliating or inappropriate things in order to be accepted as part of the team. There's a lot there, isn't there? 
the abuse, harassment and bullying in workplaces can be as a result of power imbalances. And this is something, this is a topic that I explored in April 2020 in content on bullying and harassment in diplomacy. If you want to check that out, check out episode 22. And I feel, listener, I feel that your workplaces are dominated by power imbalances. Your careers in diplomacy can be made, are made or broken based on one person having a good impression of you. And this can happen when relentless competition, isolation, power imbalance, ambition and expectations of constant high performance meet and mix. And this is a really tough subject, isn't it? Like, kind of goes without saying. Because realistically, what do you feel that you can do? Because I'm going to say that you've worked so hard in life, at school, university, and in your career to this point, or to that point when you were enduring a workplace, an abusive relationship in the workplace, and like goes without saying, right? This is this is such a tough topic, but we need to talk about it because it can feel, realistically speaking, that you can't really do much at all. It can feel that you've worked so hard in life, studied hard at school and at university, and worked so hard in your career to this point. And the question then becomes, do you allow yourself to be treated poorly by someone in, you know, who's, who's more senior than you or on whose good judgment you rely for that next posting, that next promotion, the next opportunity to showcase your awesomeness or do you walk away do you walk away from the life and the job that you've worked so hard to get you're great at and you've given so much of yourself to do and this kind of situation is not isolated either it feels as though it's way more widespread if anything is more widespread than it is ever, ever admitted. Because, listener, you've told me that you're experiencing this and you all work for many different employing agencies from many different countries. So, knowing, knowing that this is more widespread, that will ever be publicly acknowledged, How can this affect you? How can living and working in an environment that is characterized by abuse, high-level or low-level abuse, abuse is abuse, how can this affect you? Let's go back to the Australian Human Rights Commission and their fact sheet. It says that you might be, as a result of being in these abusive work relationships, being in these abusive familial relationships, you might be less active or successful. You might be less confident in your work. You might feel scared, stressed, 
anxious or depressed. You may have your life outside of work affected. So how you study, how you show up in relationships, how you connect with your community outside of work. You can want to stay away from work. And it can feel like you can't trust your employer or the people that you work with. And this brings up a lack of confidence and happiness about yourself and your work. And it can manifest in physical signs of stress like headaches, backaches, and sleeping problems. And I want to add one thing. Because there's one thing that you might be feeling that's not on the Australian Human Rights Commission's otherwise very comprehensive list. It's lonely. You're in a lonely position. And it's lonely because of the shame. It's lonely because you're otherwise educated and worldly. And you're in this relationship with your employer who has so much power over you and your life. And you really want to do this job. You love it. You're great at it. And, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad, right? And besides, who outside of diplomacy could ever understand what it's really like? So it feels like options for help and support are very limited. So what do you do? You suck it up. You keep calm and carry on. You hope that things improve and that someone else will notice and fix the problem. Your circumstances, however, may become so unbearable and the prospect of reform in your workplace might be so distant and remote that you step off. You quit. You quit to find another job. You quit to find another part of the agency. You might numb. You might distract yourself. And you compel yourself to think only good thoughts and see that the, you know, and be determined to see the glass as half full. Meanwhile, completely ignoring the fact that the glass is filthy and contains something putrid. Worse yet, you may entertain horrible thoughts to make it all go away. How very lonely this is indeed. How very lonely it is to think that you're the only person thinking these thoughts and feeling these feelings. And I'm here to say right now that you're not alone. Before I wrap up this episode, I want to give you something practical to do if you find yourself in an abusive situation. And this advice, again, comes from the Australian Human Rights Commission. But there are other, countless other sources on the internet with similar ideas. And these ideas are make sure that you're informed. Check to see that your workplace has a bullying policy and a complaints procedure. Keep a diary, keep a record of what happened and how it made you feel. Get really, really specific. And this can really help you when you make a complaint. And get support from someone you trust or contact your support services. And even then, 
even then, if those support services are provided by your workplace, there's even that, that, that niggling doubt that you've shared with me of, you know, does this stay confidential? If I, uh, if I ask for help from support services within my agency, does it stay there? Does it stay confidential? Or does this go on my file? Will I be inter- would I be seen as someone who's not resilient enough to cope with the demands that the work and this life puts on you? If you're feeling brave and courageous, you might consider approaching the bully. You can approach the person who is making your life hell and tell them that their behavior is unwarranted and not acceptable. And you might get some advice and support from an appointed contact person or from a colleague or manager if your workplace has that. It's important that you at least consider telling someone at your work because this is the way that things change. And your employer might have a process for making a complaint and resolving difficulties. And I'm going to say in the government sector, wherever you work in the world, it would be very rare that your employer does not have a process. The process might be giving the bully a warning or requiring them to have counselling or entering into a mediation process or even firing the bully if the situation continues. You might want to consider talking to your supervisor, your manager, the harassment contact officer, or a health and safety representative. But it's important that you speak up, but it always takes courage. And sometimes that courage is tough to find, and you need to be more comfortable in yourself so you can allow yourself then to summon the courage to speak up and speak out. Whatever your circumstances, being in an abusive relationship is horrible and can really make you question your worthiness for love and belonging. In the thoughts and feelings of loneliness, love you questioning your worthiness. I'm here to tell you right now and without reservation, whether you're an accompanying significant other, whether you're a domestic worker in a diplomatic household, whether you are a child of a diplomat, whether you are the diplomat themselves, you're always worthy of love and belonging without any caveats. And I'm here to say that you're not alone. Again, if, this, if the content of this episode has made you think some awful thoughts and feel some very uncomfortable feelings, please do reach out to someone who's earned the right to hear your story and won't judge you. That could be your significant other, it could be a friend, it could be a therapist, or it can be a mentor. And I'm right here for you if you feel that I have earned the right to hear your story. And that's it for this episode. Be sure to check out all my content and services helping diplomats and those living the diplomatic life so you reconnect with themselves and the world around them through my website, thelonelydiplomat.com. And remember, you're not meant to endure loneliness for long 
and you're worthy of receiving the same love and support that you so freely give to others. Please like, comment and share this episode so it reaches more diplomats experiencing loneliness and lets them know, just as you now know, that they're not alone. It does sound like you're getting ready to go, so until next time, take good care of yourself, please. Be awesomely and humanly you, because the world really does need more you. All sounds used are freeware in the public domain. All views expressed in this episode are my own and do not reflect any official position. I am not a licensed mental health professional. I encourage you to seek the services of a licensed mental health professional if the content of this episode challenged you beyond your current capacity to mentally, emotionally and or physically respond yourself. Thanks for listening.